This is a Dynamike Network podcast. Press play to start. Welcome to Console Combat, and it's time to hail to the kings, baby. Here are your hosts, John and Dean. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Console Combat, your weekly podcast for video game character battles. I am one of your hosts, John, and with me, as always, is my awesomely autistic co-host, Dean. When the fuck do we get ice cream? (laughs) Not yet, not yet. After the show. That's been stuck in my head for a while. (laughs) Hello. Hi, Dean. We are here to bring you round two of our tournament uh, of video game characters. But before we do that, of course, we're going to take a little dive into the drop zone. So let's hop on in and fly away. Hop into the plane, everyone. It's time to head to the drop zone. Okay, so uh, before we get into the fights, like I said, we're going to take a quick dive into the drop zone, and uh, we'll first discuss the game releases for the next week, uh, which I will take a lead on. Firstly, on the PlayStation, coming out in the next seven or so days, uh, we have Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney, The Trilogy, like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, and Tekken 8. On the uh, Nintendo Switch, uh, also Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney Trilogy. This seems to be the uh, game across all platforms of the week. Uh, but to be determined, now the Xbox, for the next seven days, yep, you guessed it, Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney Trilogy, uh, like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, and Tekken 8. And finally, on the PC, the longer list, of course, we have Graven, Roots of Yggdrasil, Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney Trilogy. If you didn't know, you know now. Like a Dragon. I'm so what? Objection! Take that! (laughs) Fuck you. Um, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, uh, and Tekken 8. And uh, that is all the games for the next seven days, y'all. Uh, what else we got in the news, Dean? <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, more uh, layoffs from gaming studios, which is no surprise because it's, you know, end of the year. Tax write-offs, all that bullshit. And studios being shit this time, it is for Gearbox. So nothing new. Basically the same thing we've said before with layoffs layoffs is across the board everywhere it seems pretty much microsoft confirms plans to release xbox first party games across all platforms including playstation uh some of the titles that they're discussing with that is uh call of duty obviously playstation is a big market for that uh diablo elder scrolls fallout starfield fable and halo so besides the last two those are all from studios they've recently Besides the last two, those are all from studios that they recently acquired. Um, those being uh, Activision and uh, Zenimax uh, slash Bethesda. And so it wasn't any surprise that those were going to be still cross-platform releases. Uh, 
mainly because I believe there was already some contractual obligations there, specifically for Elder Scrolls and uh, obviously Call of Duty. Um, and plus, Microsoft would be absolutely stupid to not sell Call of Duty on PlayStation. <laughs> um, but Fable and Halo, they're two that do kind of surprise me. I know they've been talking about a Fable game in the works, so I know that's a franchise that Microsoft has neglected over the years because I think, what was it, Fable 3 was the last one? Or wasn't there like a spinoff or something? Yeah, it's one they've neglected though, but I believe there is one in the works, which is good. And then Halo. Honestly, I don't think they should be worrying about bringing Halo Infinite, if that's the one they're talking about, to PlayStation. I think they need to worry about fixing the fucking game because, yes, there's been some decent updates now that a lot of the top leadership and everything has kind of been shuffled away and they've kind of got more of a core team i think i think i don't know it's hard to tell what's going on with 343 right now because there's so much that changes constantly and i've kind of fallen off paying attention but it's surprising to me that they're going to try and take that spaghetti code and mush it onto a playstation disc it's <laughs> a good description <laughs> yeah i mean it's literally spaghetti code the the devs have talked about it for ages because they get so many different contractors come in do bits of code and then they you know let them go and bring new people in so then everyone has to figure out what the fuck's going on with this code and that's why they've had so many issues with the game that's why it launched so poorly but it's definitely good especially if you're we're worried about future cod releases or elder scrolls if you're a playstation fanboy or they might be bringing it to switch but you can rest assured that at least for the foreseeable future those games are still going to be cross-platform regardless of microsoft's acquisitions yeah Another thing is a Ubisoft executive has said that gamers need to get comfortable with not owning their games so that subscriptions can take off. So this is something that I've, I'm pretty sure I've talked about on here before. Yeah, I do remember you briefly bringing it up. When it comes to like game preservation and art, and essentially art preservation, because if you are relying on a company We'll take Ubisoft, for example, because I just brought them up. To keep their games, let's say, uh, we'll, tell, we'll we'll go with, uh, you know, we're doing uh, Ezio this game, or this round. We'll, we'll talk about Assassin's Creed. So say Assassin's Creed 2, or 1, either one of those, the older ones. If you're going to rely on them to keep the game available for you to download forever, <laughs> you better think again, because they're going to want to probably move it to their Uplay service, which is hot goobage. <laughs> and they're going to want you to have to pay for it in like another Game Pass type deal to be able to even try and play it. And basically removing it from uh, Steam or uh, the Xbox Store, PlayStation Store, all that stuff, and basically keep it in-house. Basically gatekeeping you if you're not paying for their subscription. That's, that's the kind of thing it sounds like they're trying to pull. It's because of the shareholders. Legitimately. I know I keep making that joke, but that's literally what it is. It's all about getting those subscription numbers up. Yeah. This is how it is. If you do not own a physical copy of your game or your movie or your TV shows, they're going to get either changed down the line or just become unavailable. Like I was uh, recently watching Moist Critical's video talking about this. And he was saying, he brought up a good example, like uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to go and watch SpongeBob from start to current finish, that you eat the you'll need to either jump around streaming services and watch it that way 
or have to have the physical media or more illicit methods that I don't condone. That's the way you would need to watch it, which is fine, except you cannot watch it in its entirety because there are two episodes that were censored. They've been pulled. Mm. And one of them is the uh, the Panty Raid episode. I, I know you know what episode that is. I'm trying to remember. Panty Raid. And then they go in and get Mr. Krabs to join them on Panty Raids. And then they, they go to the house and it turns out it's his mom. I feel like I do, but it, it, it's been, I'm so detached from actually watching SpongeBob. It's been so. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, the, that's one of the episodes that was pulled. And so that's part of the thing is when the, the rights holders remove what was there, then you lose out on that art. Like, yeah, SpongeBob isn't the most artistic show, but it was still someone's passion. Someone's blood, sweat, and tears went into it. It's art. That's very true. It's 100% true. And it's the same thing with games now. Everything wants to move to a subscription model. You don't own it. It was the same thing I was talking about a few episodes ago where PlayStation pulled the Discovery shows, even though you paid for them. You will own nothing and you will like it. That's essentially what they're trying to do. So if you have any Ubisoft games that you want and that you enjoy and you own them digitally, go on eBay, buy a used copy of the disc because there's no guarantee you're going to be able to play that game anytime down the future. That's entirely fair. I would like to actually bring up something, uh, or two things rather. You're going to interrupt me? I am, okay, if you're right, off the topic. Because it, it dawned on me with games and, you know, keeping things, not necessarily physical, but keeping things like, you know, like a nostalgia, but also change, and more specifically change to a game that I came across. Not me personally, the game is much more popular. It's uh, Mortal Kombat 1, and a modder has added a bunch of like famous kids movie characters to the game, Mortal Kombat 1. One of the notable ones that I'm remembering right now is Woody. <laughs> Reach for the sky. And then just pull string, decapitation, something like that. You know, I'm, I'm picturing stuff like that. It's just, I get more and more fascinated by the PC world every time I hear about mods specifically. Dude, I'm telling you, you, get, you gotta try it. I mean, it's just the, the amount of money that I don't want to sink into it. <laughs> buy it piece by piece yeah 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 now are you talking the new mortal kombat one or like the original mortal kombat no the new mortal kombat one okay it's confusing the way they name these games nowadays yes well people don't call the original mortal kombat one mortal kombat one they should call it mortal kombat that's fair so uh a pc mod has added character skins of some of pixar's most adored characters into the brutal world brutal and bloody world of mortal kombat can't wait to see the article about the disney dmca takedown on that on twitter ice cream fgc pointed to a short clip of the mod in action which sees woody from toy story scoring up against the champion of the scare floor james p sullivan from monsters incorporated uh fittingly woody and his cowboy hat were mapped to kung lao and so they took, <laughs> took the moves of one of Outworld's most fierce warriors, Rico. Uh, Woody's good pal, Jesse, also made an appearance as his cameo partner before Woody pulled off a brutal fatality on Sully, tearing him in two. <laughs> but I digress. That actually makes a, a good transitional point for Pal World. We need to discuss Pal World. Yes, that was actually one of the things I was going to bring up because uh, uh, I remember we had discussed it when Zach was on. And then I think it was right after we did the news for the last episode, I saw an article pop up talking about that they had a release date for the early access for PC and for Xbox. Yeah. And people seem to have 
taken to it. Yes, it's it's doing pretty well from what I'm understanding. For those who don't remember, Power World was essentially Pokemon but with guns. That was the, the game I was trying to remember when talking with Zack and then I finally found the name of it. <laughs> I don't know if I like willed that into existence just <laughs> bringing it up or what. Because I remember I saw the video for this ages ago and yeah. I just happened to think of it and then all of a sudden recently <laughs> it's just hey early access <laughs> i would call it pokemon combat more than anything because it, it is exactly that <laughs> yeah it's got open world elements uh survival elements uh, crafting creature collecting and you know the guns yeah it looks interesting for sure yeah i was looking at the reviews on steam and it's currently sitting at very positive so i i, I would like to try it it is currently on sale i mean it's only 10 percent off but if you have game pass i believe it's included in that currently so if you do have game pass and we're looking to play not pokemon with guns then power world is up your alley it certainly looks like it and speaking of alleys there's one other game that i uh, have to bring up and i say alleys because it's the only thing that i can um, associate directly to indiana jones and uh indiana jones and the great circles trailer has been released and it seems to be a pretty interesting looking game yeah i didn't see the trailer but i don't know like most of the time it's a real crapshoot whether or not a game based off like a movie or movie franchise is gonna be good so like i'll need to sit there watch it and then kind of wait until a little bit more of it comes out and everything to see if it's something i'd be interested in playing that's fair i'm one of those words i i don't just jump on games anymore i've been burned too many times yeah i, I mean i think we've all been burned we've definitely all been burned recently especially modern warfare 3 halo infinite for me i mean a little while back there was no good solid ground zeros that was a, a big misdirect in the last couple pokemon games had really bad releases uh yeah yeah there's a couple there's a actually there's a um i guess you'd describe it as a meme it's keen peel where uh peel was president obama and he was going through a, a whole group of people shaking it i know it's what yeah i know what you're talking about also you realize how boomer you sounded saying like i guess it's like a kind of a meme that was very boomer sounding. Uh, well i don't know if you call a video like that a meme <laughs> like is that is that what a meme would be is a meme a video or is it just a picture like i've always done clear well i mean it, it could be either one meme is just like an edit or a reference or just something random like you know the spinning rat well i am old clearly and my head is a spinning rat uh, apparently there's a tomb raider one two and three remaster Ooh. bad news it removes triangle tits i was gonna say does it does it round off the squares yes it does unfortunate dislike downvote blocked stalker 2 heart of chernobyl has gotten a official final release date that's always subject to change in the gaming industry but it's listed as september 5th 2024 I know a lot of people are excited for stalker 2 so i mean it, it's also more of a niche game but it has a release date now apparently the crew is being shut down permanently in april what the crew no, no, I, I wasn't wanting that part. I was saying, what's the shutting it down part? Yeah, it's being shut down. That game's got an immense popularity. Or used to, anyways. Hell? I say, that was like a, almost like a launch PS4 title, wasn't it? Oh, and it all comes back to Ubisoft. Okay. Oh. That's why. That's all I need to say. It's Ubisoft. Yeah, it makes sense. Ubisoft's getting to be just as bad as EA. Ubisoft's going Ubisoft. Uh, and then just probably one last thing I'll end on just real quick. There's an Until Dawn movie adaptation that was announced. 
Oh, interesting. Annabelle Creations, uh, David F. Sandberg is to direct. Oh, well, I guess I'll close off with uh, another game adaptation movie thing that got announced or rather leaked or shown. Just really quick, the uh, belt buckle of Johnny Cage was premiered on online. Uh, Carl Urban's Johnny Cage for Mortal Kombat 2. For anyone who might actually care. <laughs> he belched it in as the perfect, perfect uh, response to that. <laughs> but uh, is there uh, anything else we need to discuss this week? I think that was it, right? We didn't have very much. Yeah, that's all I got. No bunch of short stuff and i didn't go off on as many tangents as usual so that's good (laughs) well the microtransactions really trigger you so there wasn't much talk about that this time no that whole thing got reversed real quick remember (laughs) yeah 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 they fired that guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're like you want to take away our money money (laughs) there's like the guy on spongebob you what (laughs) it all all comes back to spongebob yes Er, Spongeboy me, Bob. Er, microtransactions. Me favorite form of money. Yeah, but I think uh, with the drop zone out of the way, we can uh, go ahead and choose our characters. Okay, guys, it's time to choose your characters. Alrighty, let's get into round two of our tournament. Uh, Dean, who are you running between uh, Lara Croft and Ezio Auditore? I will be running... Wait a minute. What is that? What the fuck's going on? Uh, oh shit, Zach, what the fuck are you doing here? Again. I don't know, this like random green circle appeared in front of me and I touched it and now, now I'm here. Oh. What's up? What? I hope Dean's okay. Just kind of disappeared and now you're here? I, 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 I don't even... Alright, anyways. I, th- I guess the Arbiter sought fit to replace Dean uh, for a fight, I'm assuming. Maybe it was a mistake. I don't know. The multiverse works in mysterious ways. Anyway, since you're here, we were about to do Lara Croft and Ezio Auditore, the uh, one who you made me so uh, adamantly correct. May as well put you in the fight. Who who do you want to be? Well, I'm definitely going to be uh, Ezio Auditore. Oh, I'm so glad he said it right, because I was so wrong. So sorry. Okay, well, I guess that leads me to being Lara Croft. And we already know the backgrounds of these characters, which is why we're running two duels each week for the next couple weeks. So with that said, we have to now select a stage. All right, boys, select a stage. All right, you're the guest. What would you say would be a good location for these two to fight? So I would say probably like a ancient isu temple like a rundown isu temple like with the just the aesthetic of the isu temples in assassin's creed i think are really really dope so i think that would be a pretty cool place and again it's more so like they're always going through temples and stuff trying to find artifacts so i think that's kind of a pretty good place to match them up right yeah i think so yeah so the arbiter has dropped these characters into this place and it seems that there's like a blue light a la like the mystery boxes from Call of Duty Zombies. It seems to just be emanating off of a location from this temple. So I think the Arbiter wants the two players to compete to get to that light because they're both hunters in some capacity of treasure. I mean, Ezio is a little bit more violent in his run, but you know. That's okay. These two can probably duke it out along the way. I think you'd agree. 
Totally agree. Players, enter the battlefield. Everyone else, here's Cortex with more on how the battle speculation works. Thanks, Nuke. Listeners, what you're about to hear is our battle speculation. This is designed for you to try to imagine how one of the 1,000 simulated fights between the players may play out. The final results are determined by statistical analysis of those simulations, which I personally enjoy, but numbers and algorithms are more for us machines anyways. That said, neither the environment nor the weapons or items that either character may encounter are not factored into the statistics. They are simply present to further help build the visual that this show hopes to provide you with. Okay, so the players have arrived, the beam is up. It should be noted that the the two characters have actually continued on in their stories. So they're not exactly where they were when we left them. Lara Croft has now advanced, we basically define it as the next game. And same with Ezio. With that, I will say that Lara has now a improved bow the ancient horn bow which is a fast firing lesser damage bow and her semi-automatic pistol and assuming that Ezio has also upgraded Zach will tell you what he will be carrying into this fight okay so Ezio will be coming into this with his dual hidden blades that he always has he's also going to be coming in with the hidden gun that's attached to one of the hidden blades and his trusty crossbow Nice. Yes, the crossbow that was omitted last game uh, between the two, but didn't seem to help or hurt in uh, Ezio's favor. Anyways, but now these two have bows and or crossbows, and I think they both have some kind of a distinct advantage in this arena. So with that said, uh, Zach, who goes first between Ezio and Lara Croft? I would say Ezio probably because he's used to always working alone, so it wouldn't be a second thought of his to be like, oh, this is a Templar, let me kill them and go and get the treasure because he probably would recognize the temple as well. Okay, that's totally fair. So Ezio would probably recognize the temple and he would spot Lara. Okay, so how far are they apart? Like, can they see each other? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they see that they have to get to a place and they see that there is a competition to get there. Okay, all right, so he definitely would spot Laura and first thought he'd be like okay that's Templar let me take them out and he would pull out his crossbow and fire a few shots while dashing towards the temple. Okay uh Laura is obviously also paying attention is able to keep her attention diverted to the two things that are most important right now the obvious target and the obvious opponent so while she is obviously also making her moves towards the uh, beam as well, she is going to notice that Ezio is going to take shots. So she's going to dodge, uh, roll out of the way, um, and she's going to pull up her pistol, her semi-automatic pistol. But she doesn't necessarily want to really hurt Ezio because she doesn't necessarily view him as a true threat, so to speak. So she's going to take shots at his armor that's noticeable, because obviously his metal armor is kind of ambiguous, you can see a little bit. So she's going to try to take shots at his armor to kind of knock him backwards, while also making her move towards the beam. Okay, so Ezio is not really a stranger to be shot at, right? So these bullets will probably ricochet off his armor for now, and that'll probably knock him off course, and also probably piss him off. So he would probably just end up like trying to 
grab a stone and trying to like hit Laura as she's like traversing like towards the the temple. Okay. All right. You said a stone, right? Yeah. I got, I got a nice little hefty rock. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's reasonable. He is a, a, an assassin, and he will definitely make use of his environment for sure. She's going to get tripped up and probably tumble. And I'll say that she probably drops her gun as a result because, you know, she had it in her hand while she was running with it. It, it seems logical that she would drop it. But she's quick with her bow. So as she tumbles and drops her gun, she's going to withdraw her bow and strike up an arrow and just take a pot shot. Uh, trying to go for like a, a grazing blow to one of uh, Ezio's legs, like maybe on his inner thigh, that'll slow him down, and then pull another and aim for his shoulder, not knowing for sure if there's armor there or not. So Ezio's leg is grazed, right? And he does have shoulder armor, so the arrow just bounces off. And now he's kind of like he he slowed down a little bit, but you know Ezio Ezio's been stabbed, flashed, cut. So he's used to being kind of injured while traversing through temples. So continues to make his way to the temple. And as he reaches the temple, he also sees Laura is basically about to enter. So he uses his hidden gun and he kind of just shoots some rubble like above her to kind of just like drop it down in front of her and tr or try and drop it on her. But it also essentially just blocks her path. Okay. As the rubble drops in front of her, a little blue light just pops next to her. You can't see it because you're still a little bit too far away. She looks down and picks up what spawns and just puts it in her pocket. She doesn't exactly know what it is, but she just, you know, immediately from the last time she knew that things popping up was probably a good thing. So she just sticks it in her pocket because it's not really defined as to what it is. But that said, she is going to continue to try to make her way over the rubble she turned around and saw that Ezio shot the gun and basically it was a one shot. She could kind of figure that out. Uh, so she's going to climb the rubble while he's doing whatever it is that he would do with the gun now that it's basically useless. And as she gets to the top or closer to the top, she's going to take a couple high ground shots at uh, Ezio with the bow and arrow to try to slow him down from his uh, obvious ascent. Okay, so Ezio would see these arrows coming and he would kind of like Wonder Woman them away, like with his <laughs> wristlets, you know what I mean? Like ding, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so then he, he'll just pull out his crossbow and fire some more shots and just kind of make his way into the temple. I'm going to say that one of those crossbow bolts is definitely going to nick her arm because she was still at the same time, like her, her bow was also still drawn. So as she was shooting, he was shooting kind of thing. And uh, you nick her arm and she, as a result, kind of just like has to, at least for the moment, take a break from shooting. So she's also going to try to make her way into the temple because uh, she sees an opening near the rubble where it didn't quite cover. So she's going in there. And while she's got a moment, she's going to just take a quick look at the device that she's got. And she's intelligent enough to figure out what it is. But I'm not going to divulge to you just yet what it is. I'm just going to say that it's going to come to use in a moment here. So she's going to notice Ezio coming in the other way. And she's going to throw this item on the ground. And that's going to, and then she's just going to duck away. She's going to kind of go and tuck herself into a, like a, a decent like vantage point where she, where she can see him, but he can't see her kind of thing. And Ezio's going to react to the noise 
uh, a la Metal Gear. Who's that noise? Um, and he's going to walk over the device. And the device, before he gets to it, an image of Lara Croft appears out of it. So as he walks around the corner, he just sees Lara. So he starts, uh, again, a little barrage of crossbow bolts at her uh, as a reaction. I would assume that would be his first reaction. And it's not actually her. The device was a hollow duke from Duke Nukem, and it essentially is just a hologram. So while he's distracted himself briefly, she has taken several shots from a high point at Ezio, aiming for his uh, shins and feet specifically to try to at least lodge one or two into his uh, his legs to slow him down well enough not to kill him, but to maim him to a point where he can't keep up with her anymore. All right, so Ezio surprisingly even though he's from like the renaissance era or whatever it is he is familiar with holograms because in the at the end of the first game while he uses the apple of eden he creates a bunch of holograms like fake clones of himself so you catch on pretty quick that that's fake and he actually has shin and kind of like foot armor (laughs) as well so i would say the arrows probably wouldn't be able to pierce him but I would say they would maybe nick him, give him a, like a small cut, and that's just gonna annoy Ezio. But Ezio's like, okay, I have to find this Isu treasure before this Templar. So he ends up just dashing off and also kind of tries to just kind of disappear into the like shadows of the broken down temple. Okay, okay. So they're both essentially playing hide and seek against each other now? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, but you more so entered the world of the assassin. Okay. I mean, yes, obviously it's going to be harder for her because she's not as familiar with this area, especially. But I will say that she is very well in tune with being able to familiarize herself with places. She's a very intelligent treasure hunter. She's a very capable treasure hunter. And she's also very capable of keeping her survivalist necessary, like her needs, like prioritized. So... I would think in this moment she's going to be able to at least kind of hear better. Not necessarily like superhuman or improved like that, but she's going to be able to kind of like focus on her hearing because that's going to be the most important aspect of her senses at the moment. She's going to be able to at least get a bead on his breathing because he is, yeah, he's great, but she's great too. So she's kind of going to get a sense of where he is and start kind of heading in that direction. She's going to have an arrow in her hand and she's kind of got it drawn like a knife because she doesn't have a knife. And then just because the Arbiter's a, a fucking asshole, a blue light spawns in front of Ezio. And it's just enough of a light to kind of give her an idea of where he might be. Unfortunately for Ezio, it was just a newspaper. Bastard. So the headline is, Laura kind of knows where you're at. Because <laughs> the Arbiter is just a fucking cruel prick. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she's not quite going to see him. She's just going to see like a little tinge of a blue light. So she's going to start heading in that direction. And she's going to kind of poke and prod uh, trying to find him, but also trying to get still towards the other blue light, which is still the predominant goal. And I'm going to assume in games like Lara Croft's Tomb Raider, there are some kind of an indicator as to where the goal is, uh, like an arrow or a mini marker on the map or something. But I digress. She's going in the right direction towards her goal, not necessarily attacking, but defending herself with the arrow as she passes through the temple. All right, so 
This newspaper pops up in front of Ezio. He picks it up, and this whole time, he's been using his eagle vision, and so he's basically just been tracking, like watching Laura through the walls. Like he is a a, a wall hack, and he's just watching her like traverse through. So he takes advantage of the fact that she's ignoring him right now, or she doesn't know where he is, and he starts making his way again through like basically like above like he climbed up the walls and so now he's like roosted like above the temple and he's now trying to traversing his way towards the thing and then he kind of just fires one bolt and just like shoots uh laura right in like the shoulder you say that you were able to get the shot off on Lara croft i say that she heard the click of the bow because she still knew that he was there. And as a result, she just was able to react enough to turn around and volley a retort of arrows at Ezio. And I'm going to say that her arrows make contact with some of his uh, more exposed points because uh, she is a, she is using a rapid-fire style arrow or a bow. Uh, so she's going to get four or five of those arrows off at pretty fast speed. And she's going to nick, or not nick, rather, she's going to at least get a good shot in or two onto, uh, I'll say, probably one of his shins and one of... Let's go for maybe the kidney area. I feel like that'd be exposed. Players, end this now! All right, so the arrow hit Laura in the shoulder and it kind of like knocked her off balance and she kind of like fell off this kind of like cliff edge, but she, it, it wasn't a, like a long drop, but it was just enough that Ezio was able to make it to where the actual apple of Eden or the artifact was. And he uses the artifact to control Laura Croft's mind and kind of make her kind of come to him. And he just uses his hidden blades and just stabs her right in the throat, ending the match. Brutal, you absolute animal. She's a lady. He's an assassin. I mean, I have I didn't use the hidden blades the whole time. They were hidden the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. That, that was great. That was good stuff. I mean, I think it would have been funny if you had made her kill herself. But uh, I digress. This was your fight to end. Um, and with that, let's uh, let's discuss these results. Five thirty nine in the favor of Laura. Uh, sorry, of uh, Ezio to Laura Croft four sixty one. That is fifty three point nine to forty six point one. Isn't that what your results were for your last fight? It was pretty damn close to that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and that's impressive. <laughs> like, good god. Yeah, we've been running some really good matches lately. Like both both of us. Yeah, good good for your opponents. <laughs> Yeah, it is what it is. I'm on the come up. I'm on the come up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, you you are on the come up. Um, except that I know for a fact at least once more, not not for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I won here. I got the W here, so I'll take that. I'll take that. So yeah, it was a it was a pretty close fight. Uh, the only real difference between the two. Ezio had her in fighting capability because obviously he's an assassin. Yes, she's a very skilled fighter uh, and, and very much capable uh, martial artist, but he is very much a higher trained uh, individual. Uh, his training is more focused on combat than than it is hunting, which is obviously 
uh, an alternative skill by trade. So yeah, I mean, otherwise the same across the board, which makes sense. I mean, again, both very extraordinarily talented characters in every right. Uh, but Ezio just edged it over just a little bit. Yes, sir. Yep, Ezio is the man, and I am excited to see him in the semifinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, yeah. So, yeah, I'd be, I'd be super excited to see him in the semifinals and see old man Ezio, because you know a lot of these characters do their best work in their old man state. Yes, we'll, we'll see if if Ezio can stand up to the might of Gino or Tails, whichever one wins that fight. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm curious with that one. The crossover of worlds. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like Pokemon. Yes. And like yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, it's unfortunate that we weren't uh, we weren't able to include you on the news segment because we for sure would have loved to have talked about that game Pal World with you, the the Pokemon shooter game that's become really popular. We'll we'll be able to discuss it more sometime, but I think uh, that game is definitely a game that would be truly up your alley uh, if you haven't already started trying it out. Yeah, well, thank you for just upsetting me because it's not on PlayStation. <laughs> but um, I'm sorry to have upset you, Zach. Uh, but also I have to upset you further because I think the Arbiter, now that uh, Ezio has been banished back to his own universe, I think he's probably going to suck you back to yours. Uh, so, uh, hopefully, uh, we can link up again soon for some more Senjo or perhaps some, uh, movie night, some stuff, some stuff like that. Until then, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, anytime. I, I love doing battles. This one was uh, a little more interesting than, uh, my normal battles. So this was fun. This was fun and anytime. And you know, you're going to be on my show in, in two weeks. So yeah, well, you know peek behind the curtain that's that's uh been determined already we'll 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 uh we'll let the results speak for themselves later on yeah so that's gonna be that's gonna be fun all right guys thank you for having me and uh oh oh what what what's this <sighs> i've been falling for 30 minutes <laughs> sorry about that I don't think the Arbiter meant that to uh, be the case. What the fuck, man? Okay, so are are we going to do the uh, Ezio and Lara Croft? Uh, I, I have to apologize. Uh, you were gone so long that I just let Zach uh, take the reins on that one. Okay. And uh, you'll be happy to know that Ezio won. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. But uh, I guess since you're here, we can do the second fight. Hopefully no one uh, gets switched out with you this time around. So you better not. Yeah. So uh, I guess, uh, Nuke, it's time to choose our characters again? Okay, guys, it's time to choose your characters. Uh, again? So round two is two of our tinier characters. And let's face facts here, everybody. The result of this fight, no matter which way it goes will lead to some seriously interesting matchup. In two weeks, we'll have either Ezio versus Gino or Ezio versus Tails. So yeah, depending the results of today, that'll be an interesting fight either way. Yes. Um, I always ask you who you're going to pick. I am going to go with my pick first this time, and I am going to go with my first victory between these two characters because I was the winner of both of them. And that would be Gino. You want the little wood boy again, huh? Little yeah, I like being called Woody. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and make you leave and do this myself. <laughs> so I will be going as Tails this fight. Yes. Uh, I feel like this is going to be an interesting fight. I agree. I think there is some kind of uh, interesting crossover here, very similar to the first one, because this is still a Sonic character versus a Mario character. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yes. Yeah, so it, the crossover of the main mascots, I guess you could say, really, mascot games at least continues in round two, which is really nice to see. Yeah. Round two, ding, ding. And uh, speaking of ding, ding. So now that the characters have appeared on the battlefield, we'll notice that they're, of course, uh, a little bit different, just like our first uh, fight from the second round here. Uh, and that's because, of course, time has passed. So in the case of Gino, he's going to have leveled up some. So his abilities are stronger. He's going to be more capable. His weapon's going to be a little bit more powerful on the punch. But it's not going to be drastic because, as mentioned in his bio, he is not the most attack, physically attack powerful person, much less is he a defensive person. So he's still got a, a decent fight in front of him with Tails. And that said... His loadout's going to be basically the same. He's going to have his star gun, and that's really the only weapon he needs because it's really the only weapon he gets. What about Tails? Tails is going to be a bit more experienced in fighting. Let's. I want to say this is... He's being pulled after helping Sonic take down Eggman, so he's got a little bit more fighting experience in him and everything. So he's not necessarily stronger, but he's more... Agile, capable. more experienced. Yeah, he's more capable, more experienced. So he's a little bit more hardened, and he's not going to have any weapons with him specifically, but he will have like a little, I guess, like a fanny pack full of scrap electronics and parts and stuff that he could use to craft anything on the fly, like he did last fight. Yeah. It's funny that you say he has no weapon. Because as you say that, in front of Tails, a blue light spawns, mm. and the Arbiter is essentially saying that he would like to at least somewhat level the playing field and give Tails a weapon. Okay. Uh, so the weapon that f that the Arbiter is presenting Tails is the energy sword from Halo. That's fitting, because the Arbiter in Halo uses an energy sword. <laughs> Isn't the the energy's pretty commonplace weapon in Halo anyways? Well, for the elites, yes. Yeah, and I guess uh, with that, we should actually set the stage because we didn't do that before. All right, boys, select a stage. So now they're just... I, I think that the Arbiter wanted to bring these two to a neutral place first because it's hard to give a cosmic being and someone as grounded as Tails a place to be where it makes sense for them both because it's like such a spectrum of difference. And and it is hard. The, even the Arbiter can struggle sometimes. So formulating around them is like shades of Mario's worlds from Mario RPG and shades of like the forest hill zone and the mushroom zone and the different areas from Sonic. And what I'm thinking, because the big, the big thing between the two that is basically the real one and only thing that Mario and Sonic games have in common to my real first thought is mushrooms because mm, they have shrooms. the mushroom zone and then there's the toad people and yep, the mushroom kingdom yep yeah so it just works in that way and i think that's exactly what we did the first time but 
instead of it being like that, there's going to be a twinge of cosmic t- uh, twist to it. So oh, okay. the rainbow road is going to be the floor. Okay. And surrounded by them, much like the rainbow road from Mario Kart, there's like this vast, just like galactic background. So you can see the universe, but almost like benches are like grandstands along around the entirety of this we'll call it a circular arena with different like protruding like pillars and stuff to give it some hiding areas and background okay so it's the rainbow coliseum (laughs) yes yeah that's a good way to put it and on the 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 grandstand this is all mushrooms it's all just seating of mushrooms and it's got a, a group of people from both worlds just like watching this almost spectacular fight between characters from, let's face it, universes that have always been in competition with each other. And it's just a spectacle that they want to behold. And the Arbiter knew that, but he didn't know how to do it. And then he put them together and he just felt it. So that's the Rainbow Coliseum is the perfect way to describe where these two are going to fight. And with that... Players, enter the battlefield. Everyone else, here's Cortex with more on how the battle speculation works. I'm not repeating myself. I explained this part earlier. Who goes first in this fight? Well, they've both done this before. Yes. So, uh, I believe they both know the drill. But I feel like Tails would go first. He's gonna definitely go for the sword because he's not stupid. He sees an energy sword, he's gonna go, oh yeah, I'm gonna grab that. And it's gonna be comically large in his hands. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, I think the Arbiter would let it, like, he would make it... Resize it? <laughs> yeah. The um, one make it lopsided and make it seem dangerous to the user. It is dangerous. The hilt is basically plasma energy. <laughs> you could poke yourself with it. <laughs> but fortunately, Tails is smart, too. Yeah. And so he's going to grab the sword and then take like a running jump and fly with his tails and just go right at Gino and he's gonna come right at him and just attempt to swing at him okay so because their energy sword does have a lunge attack yeah so as long as you're in sight of it and close enough it'll like pull you towards the enemy kind of like an invisible grapple Yes, but uh, there are ways you can combat it, though. So it's not uh, really I'm, flawless. I'm also certain that Gino could just... He is also a fast character, notably one of the fastest in the game. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to say that he can dodge it. I mean, it doesn't. you don't often see dodging happen in the game, but it happens. Uh, it's just... It's a miss, is what it's called. Uh, so he, he misses. Um, and... In retort, he's going to use his gun and just he's going to take a couple of shots. I think it pops off like three, maybe five shots uh, at Tails as he's probably still not necessarily incapacitated would be the word, but uh, recovering from his swing because there's got to be a recovery time. It's slight, yeah. Yeah, I would think that he wouldn't have the uh, the know-how to make a faster recovery than like a normal speed yeah. recovery. He exactly. me- he's still fast, so he's probably going to know that these shots are coming. But there are five shots coming as he's missed Gino with that first attack. 
Yeah, I'll say at least one of those hits Tails. One of them hits him in the leg. But because you can turn the blade sideways and use it as a shield because it is plasma energy, yeah. it'll just absorb the shots, the other yeah. ones. It should and... be noted that those are not very strong pellets that he shoots, so he's probably not doing very much damage either way. Yeah, but it's Tails is able to block the other shots. And because he can tell what type of weapon and how the power source and everything is, Tails is going to step back behind one of the pillars. He's going to open up his little fanny pack full of electronics, and he's going to deactivate the energy sword and then stand there and fiddle with it. And then real quick, he's going to have created a device that wires into the hilt of the energy sword. Mm-hmm. And basically, he's going to turn it into a like plasma grenade. Oh. And yes, because there's a lot of plasma energy built in there. And so Tails is then going to get himself ready, use his super speed ability, and just to run directly at Gino. And as soon as he gets right to him, he's going to just plant that right at his feet. And it's set to detonate after a second. And as he just runs past, it's going to blow up. Okay. Almost like a drive-by. Yeah. Just plan. Yeah, a legitimate drive-by. Um, Gino is... He's not going to be able to react fast enough to not take a decent hit from that. Obviously, in video game fashion, he's not blown up or anything. He's more just launched backwards aggressively. Uh, yeah. He hit a pole, or a pillar, rather, and he is, of course, pretty by this. Uh, <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, he is a chunk of wood with sentience, so you just... True. He's he's for, probably going to be singed, at I least. Mean, probably. Fortunate for him, he is ice-capable, and I will say that with his ice abilities, he's able to at least stop most of the uh, the burning sensation that he's feeling on his wooden skin. Yeah, because I'm sure that wouldn't be very fun. Plasma burns, no bueno. Yeah, especially on wood. Okay, so after he's frozen some of the plasma to cool himself down, let's see, you threw the grenade, you probably would stop behind a pillar, and I would think that... I would think that Gino would know where he was because he still is fast so he might have seen where he stopped but for the sake of his not being sure yeah because for context when a plasma grenade detonates in halo there's a big white flash so it could so act it's almost like a stun grenade too kind or of a flashbang like, rather so in front of the discombobulated a blue light spawns out a red shell mm. uh, <clears throat> conveniently for the sake of the fact that he can't presently see Tails, the red shell is obviously a homing device for the next closest character in Mario Kart. And in this case, it's not Mario Kart. It's in a Mario Kart setting, per se. But more so, there's only one other character on the field, which means that Gino's letting go of this red shell, and it's going right for Tails. And it can be fast. <laughs> But he's not going to outrun a thing that doesn't stop until it hits its target. Aha. However, you forget, Tails can fly. Ah. So he's just going to... Yeah, he's just going to... 
because you, you could hear a red shell yes. coming out. Oh, you certainly can. It's like a, it's almost like the Lakitu sound in a way. Yeah. And so he's going to hear it and go, huh, what is that? Look around the pillar and see the red shell coming at him. And then go, oh, okay. And just he's just going to fly up and on top of the pillar. And, and then you're just going to see the red shell is just circling the pillar. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. Because as you fly up to defend yourself from the red shell, all of a sudden, a light summons from above Tails. And Gino um, releases a Gino blast, which essentially just summons light energy from the sky and blasts it directly down on his opponent. Well, that was extremely rude. And as you fall to the ground in singed tails form, that shell is just going to start bing, 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 bing. <laughs> wow. Insult to injury. <laughs> comically just pinging tails over and over again while he's lying on the ground singed. Like being attacked by an annoying chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's really fucking hard instead of just toothy. Get off. Okay. So, yeah, this is going to hurt Tails. He's probably got some singed fur, which is probably some kind of poetic justice for the burns on Gino. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Some of the other things that he has in his little fanny pack, he has is the dummy rings which are like the Sonic rings that you see in the Sonic game that you collect and everything. Mm -hmm. But these are dummy ones, and they cause an electric shock whenever someone stumbles across them. Mm -hmm. So Tails is going to take those out of his bag after he kind of shakes his head and recovers a little bit, and he's going to see where Gino is and just frisbee them directly at him. Let's, uh, say there huh. was, let's say three of them. He, he threw three of those electric rings at Gino. Okay. So you, you threw these three rings that will shock Gino when he, they hit him? Yes. So um, uh, wood doesn't conduct electricity. So you could say for sure that the electricity probably made him tingle. <laughs> Did it activate his Peter tingle? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just happened to look down and see the uh, one of his bigger moves is called the Geno Flash. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Flash is Peter Tingle. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I have a perfect response to it. You threw these rings at the wooden Geno, and as a insulator and non-conductive thing would not normally react to electricity. Gino is, of course, sentient, so there's some kind of, some reaction, some kind of a tingle, and I'm going to say that somehow you managed to force him to do one of his moves, which is going to be the Gino Flash, which is, he suddenly transforms into a large cannon and just shoots a ball of energy in the direction of Tails. Oh, well lucky for Tails, they were more of a distraction device. He's already moved across the arena. Oh, good. Yeah. So, what Tails did was, during that distraction, he flew around and got behind Gino, and after Gino was done with his little cannon blast where there was nobody... You made Tails, him pop off. <laughs> <laughs> Tails is just gonna swoop down, pick up Gino... And then take him and throw him through the arena. <laughs> just what, throw him the, all the, the barrier all... that's not necessarily there. 
Yeah, just throw them across the arena. Oh! Right into the... the is it stone? Are we doing a stone arena? I, I think Metal, we're going, wood? Like, it's probably just like a, a, a non-existent, like, invisible barrier. Okay, we'll do, yeah, game logic invisible barrier. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's just, he's just gonna basically be impaled against the... Well, not impaled, but just smacked up against an invisible barrier. Yeah, and it's going to outdo like, him quite a bit. <laughs> well, between that and the fact that he's then going to fall to the ground and get hurt again, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that it knocks the wind out of Gino, and it's going to hit the he's going to hit the ground hard, and that just makes him angry. And with that, you're going to just see him throw a disc uh, of light at you, at uh, Tails. And uh, it is light. So, as light, it does travel at the speed of light. So he's not outrunning this. And Gino... Oh, what? G he's gonna get burned? Oh, no. Gino... <laughs> you fucking bad. Gonna start manufacturing methamphetamines. But no, the attack that Gino is performing is the Gino Whirl. And the Gino Whirl is where he throws a disc of light at one enemy... And if it's timed correctly, the attack does 9,999 damage. It's over 9,000! Literally, that this lands, and it is just too much, and Tails is incapacitated and ready for his destruction. What do All you right. think? Do you think that he outdoes it? Do you think he does something better? Ah, before your beam of light was fired, there was a blue light in front of Tails again and this time he got his own red shell <laughs> and so he picks it up as soon as Gino is starting to charge and release his Gino whirl and did like a Harry Potter Voldemort thing where the just intercepted the projectile and just exploded in the middle ah. and negated the whole thing ah. I'll even say that you can use that as a bounce back attack that stop the kind of uh oh yeah Gino Players, end this now! So, as the red shell deflects the Genoblast, it actually ricochets back at him and does a very severe amount of damage to Gino, putting him in a dazed state. And during that dazed state, there is another blue light that appears in front of Tails. This time, there is a new weapon that spawns that we have not used before. Yeah. And it is the Spiked Power Fist from Fallout. And <laughs> Tails now sees this and decides to use this to his advantage. So as he picks it up and moves towards Gino for the final blow, he does a little tinkering. He knows that it's a pneumatic-powered, like, punching-assisting device. <laughs> so he goes in and he tweaks it a little bit and makes it basically like overclocked it's oh. like he ups the pressure and so he goes up to Gino with this overpowered power fist and just bam 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 three times hits Gino and there's just like splinters and wood flying everywhere off of him until there's just sawdust remaining oh my god what a savage and Gino is done. Fucking Tails takes it, and <laughs> Dean takes it. Let's go! 
is, that, is this two weeks in a row that you've gotten a dub? I think so. Yeah, I think this is the first time that that's yeah. happened. <laughs> and you would have gone with Ezio if, if Zach didn't steal the Earth Thunder, right? Yeah, I definitely would have. <laughs> so but the Arbiter is two and a half. Yeah, yeah, we'll say two and a half. <laughs> that's fucking great. Finally, the uh, the L train seems to have completely jumped off the tracks for good. I think Amtrak good, took that off. They they took that off the schedule. Yeah, yeah the L the L train's off the Amtrak schedule. <laughs> <laughs> now now it's smooth trailing and then Dean's bullet train. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, G- Gino only lost by a total of twelve fights. This was a legit coin toss in the best of ways. Tails won five oh six out of the thousand, and Gino won four hundred and ninety four out of the thousand. Talk about an equitable pairing, everybody. These two stats were very much different from each other. We rank on a scale of seven if we've never told you. Tails is as follows. Five, three, four, three, six, six, three. And the categories in order are speed, strength, fighting capability, durability, adaptability, intelligence, and range. So, on a seven... He was a six in adaptability and intelligence and a five in speed, which no one should be surprised by. Those are some serious shit. Legit, mm-hmm. like, some serious shit that he was able to pull off with his couple high-end stats. And Gino, on the other side, had no sixes. He had several fives, including fighting fighting capability, intelligence, and range. But, unfortunately, those sixes and the couple of fives that were also present... Just, yeah, the one five rather were just too much for Gino to overcome in this fight, and just as a result, barely. yeah, and just just barely, but just barely is good enough. Yeah, I feel like what it probably came down to was just tails being smarter and more adaptable. In, in, yeah, in, in all actuality, but I I think it was the intelligence that really did it because being able to outsmart your opponent is really what it comes down to. Yeah. And, and of course, we don't know exactly if that's what it, it was through the simulation. Again, they're just stats numbers, yes. but that's that's what I like to believe is that Tails was just able to outsmart Gino enough yeah. to pull ahead. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And with that said... All right, boys, let's hack the game. Discuss what you think a game that's focused on these characters would be like. Would it make sense? Would it be fun? Or would it be another the day before situation? Zach was transported out of here before we were able to do hacking the game for Lara and Etsy. But we won't hold everybody up for us to dual round of uh, hacking the game. So let's just hack the game for Gino and Tails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can take the lead on this one, Dean. What do you think a game focusing on these two characters would look like? I feel like it might pull more to the RPG style of Mario RPG where Gino is from. It wouldn't necessarily be Mario RPG because Tails and Gino would be the leads in the game. But I feel like it would be an adventure type game, RPG, using those two characters as probably the the main protagonists. Against who? Who knows? Maybe the Arbiter could come up with someone for him. Someone a little bit more powerful like i don't know maybe like ganondorf from link so or something. so i think that this would be the perfect amalgamation there's a gigantic sword named smithy which is the the bad guy for super mario rpg and if you just 
if you look at it, I'm going to send you a picture of the sword really quick because I think you'll see where I'm going with this. Oh, sorry, not the sword. The sword's not Smithy. That's right. This bad guy is Smithy. But nonetheless, I think you'll see that kind of combining this guy with uh, Eggman would seriously be some sinister shit. I digress. I think that an RPG really would be cool. I feel like Tails would be a really cool RPG character. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, and I feel like he might... Feel, for some reason, I have this, like, like memory of, like, a minor RPG with Sonic in it, but I could be entirely wrong. I don't... Unless it was, like, old, like, Genesis era, but... Yeah. I don't know. I think it would look good either way. Oh, no, there is. Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood. Okay, so I'm not the crazy. Nintendo DS. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then that that would be a decent crossover situation. Yeah. I think it would make a lot of sense. So yeah, that would be. What's a good name for that? Gino and Tails, Smithy, Smegman, Doctor Robot Otnik, because he's also like a robot. Mm. Worlds collide. Gino and Tails. Yeah, something like that. I think it would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, short work of this hack in the game with two characters that seem to have nothing in common but still seem like they would do really well with each other. I think uh, Gino would be a great character to like follow around with Tails like just flying over his head. So with that said, let's jump off really quick into letting everyone know what's coming next week before we sign off. And next week is the second part of round two. Do you remember what those battles are, Dean? Or have you been wiped when you came back from Arbiter Prison? My mind is a blank, as always. Yes, the smoothness continues. It is so round. So next week we are going to have... It is Ryu versus Ocelot. An interesting combination until we explain why it's not so lopsided next week. And then finally... It will be Scorpion and Nemesis. Another interesting combination. I think that will be a very fun speculation. Yeah, that's definitely gonna <laughs> that's gonna be an interesting fight because yes. I feel I don't want to get too much into it now, but I feel like Scorpion is definitely gonna have his hands full. <laughs> or his spears. Yeah, his spears full. If you think about it, it does make sense because Nemesis has his tentacle arms he can use to grab. Oh and my then god, they just Scorpion get over has here his... each other. Yeah, they did at the same time. Get just, over here. <laughs> just get stuck in this infinite spinning loop. <laughs> they just start doing like a ballerina dance or like ice ice skating dance. It's so stupid. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Who knows? I feel like the Arbiter is playing tricks on us. Uh, so let's again thank Zach for having been so willing to provide his voice when the Arbiter decided to pull his ass from Senjo World uh, over to console combat for our first crossover fight. And maybe in the future we'll see some more of that happening. But uh, before we sign off, we do have to let our main man let everyone know about the social medias and the network. This podcast is part of the Dynamite Podcast Network. Be sure to check out the other shows on the network. There is something for everyone. Firstly, the hosts of the network, Dynamic Duel, Marvel vs. DC, hosted by Marvelous Joe and Johnny DC. Also, Max Destruction, Movie Fights, hosted by Ken, a.k.a. 
Max Kevlar, and last, but certainly not least, is Senjo World Anime Action, hosted by Zack Senjo. Please check those shows out, and also follow them, and this show, on social media. You can find it on Instagram and TikTok, at Console Combat on both. And there's also a website where you can find links to any listening medium, as well as links to the other shows. The site is ConsoleCombat.com. Lastly, it would be a great help and show of support if you, the listener, would be so kind as to leave a five-star rating and or review on your podcast platform of choice. It helps immensely on growing the listening audience. And I love that voice. I'll never not love that voice. He's such a spectacular and smooth, 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 smooth voice, man. Much like my uh, co-host, Dean, who's got the smoothest brain of them all. Dean, it's been fun. Yes. It has. Also, a small update. The YouTube channel is probably not going to work out. Oh, uh, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. By the way. Ish- issues that are beyond our control that apparently YouTube has deemed our channel as spam. And so, yeah, we're just going to not do the uploads there anymore. <laughs> At yeah. least not for the foreseeable future. Cause, yeah, until we figure out a, a workabout. Yeah, I don't know why they think we're spam. I like spam. Yeah, only if it's low sodium. Yeah, 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 yeah. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, if you have an NES still, it's probably not the best thing to just blow in your cartridges every time it's not working and then getting angry with it and stuffing the cover shut as if it's going to fix a problem. It's an old school system. You just have to be gentle and love it. And remember, if you feel like streaming your gameplay on Twitch or YouTube or any of the other streaming services and you have a webcam, don't pick your nose. Grow up. On that note, later nerds. Bye, Felicia's. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, there you go, there's your transition <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious It's <laughs> so half-assed and so perfect You expect there's your to be less There's your outro <laughs> <laughs> Oh, last week's outro <laughs> <laughs>